Rabbi Greenblatt is muted. I can't hear Rabbi Greenblatt. Okay, do you hear me now? Can everyone? Yes, we, yeah. yes, you are heard. You are yeah. heard. Okay, so now can you mute? Could you mute everyone except for me? Is that work like that? Or everyone is muted except for you as of now. Okay. Okay. So okay. So thank you. Welcome everybody for this uh, Zoom to uh, joining us in the Zoom, and to thank you, Rabbi Berkowitz, for again hosting it with the uh, St. Louis Kolal um, Zoom uh, account, and I appreciate that. Um, so. This uh, year is a um, interesting year. It does not occur that often where Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos. So I'd like to go over um, uh, as many halachas as I feel that we need to know in advance of that uh, of Pesach this year. Um, I'll try to go systematically and um, everyone is muted. But again, if anybody has any questions and if you type them on the screen and I see them, so I will try to answer and if, unless there are just too many to deal with at one time. Uh, we know that firstborns uh, have, a, uh, have a din to fast. It's called Tainus Bechoros because Hashem uh, smote the firstborns of the Egyptians and saved our firstborns. And so uh, the firstborn of every family, the firstborn male that is, uh, or the uh, oldest male in the, in the uh, family, uh, fasts on Erev Pesach, except uh, to get around that mitzvah of fasting, if, a, if, a, if the firstborn uh, participates in a seudas mitzvah, so then one would not have to fast. In the same way, for example, that we don't eat meat in the nine days, but if there is a siyum, for example, or a bris for that matter, right? So one is allowed to partake of meat. So the same is true with this uh, siyum of uh, Tainus Bechoros, if a person will participate in a siyum, whether one makes one's own siyum or one participates in someone else's siyum, so one is allowed to eat at that seuda. There's some refreshments that are given after that uh, siyum, and the siyum is usually done in shul right after davening, um, and everyone has something to eat, and being that they ate at that point in the day, they are no longer fasting, and they can eat throughout the day. Um, Last year, people were not coming to shul. We were shut down. So we had to utilize uh, the psaq of Rabbi Shalom Zaman Auerbach, that's all that said that a person could, could participate in the CM even over a telephone. So anyone who is still not coming to shul because of COVID and is a Bukhar may uh, zoom in to a CM or to telephone into a CM. Uh, and that would that would work. So the question is, when did, when is the Tainus Bechoros? When is the fast of the Bechoros this year? Some say that it is on Thursday, and uh, some say that in such a year where Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos, there is no uh, concept of Tainus Bechoros at all. There is that opinion, and some say that some, one would fast on Friday. So it ranges from Thursday or Friday, or not at all. Our minhag, our custom is we follow the opinions that uh, the fast would be on a Thursday, and also the scene would be on a Thursday as it typically is on Arab Pesach uh, of, of a typical year. And therefore, this coming Thursday morning, here at the show, we have arranged that there will be a seam after each of the three minyanim that are scheduled for that day. And again, even if you did not learn yourself, but as long as you are participating and listening to someone else's seam, 
and you participate uh, by listening and by eating food, then you could um, eat the rest of the day as well. So that takes care of the uh, Tainus Bukharas, but there is that very interesting opinion that this uh, year there would not have been any fast at all. Again, we don't follow that opinion, but I just wanted to share some of this information with you. Now, the um, getting into Bedikas Chametz. So the question, there is a, um, a uh, disagreement in the Gemara itself um, when Chametz needs to be disposed of in such a year, typically. Uh, Erev Pesach is the time that we dispose of our Chametz and we burn it in, 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 in a fire. Um, that itself is the subject of a discussion in the Gemara. There are those that say that one does not have to actually burn the chametz. One could just kind of crumble it up and, and dash it into the wind. But we Pascha that you need to utilize fire. The question is, what would happen in such a year when Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos? So obviously you can't... Uh, you can't uh, dispose of the chametz. You can't make a fire on Shabbos. And uh, uh, cutting to the chase in terms of the, the, the discussion in the Gemara and the Poskim, we will follow the opinion, of course, the way it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, that we uh, dispose of our chametz uh, on, um, uh, before Shabbos on Friday. And uh, obviously the Bedikas chametz then would be on Thursday night. One would not uh, um, entertain having the Bedikas Chametz on Friday night uh, because Friday night is Shabbos and one cannot utilize a candle. The mitzvah of checking for Chametz requires one to use a candle, according to the Mishnah. And uh, therefore, well, it, just in terms of practically speaking, um, I think we talked about this maybe in my share yesterday, or maybe it was last week, I don't recall, uh, that we are allowed to use a flashlight. And in fact, some postgim prefer a flashlight because if you use a candle, you get anxious and nervous that the, that the flame will catch fire on a drape, on a curtain, on upholstery, and so on and so forth. And therefore, a flashlight is a much safer way to go ahead and make bedigas chons. What I do is, when I make my bracha, I'm holding a candle because I want to fulfill the mitzvah the way Chazal uh, uh, formulated the mitzvah. It's based on a Gemara in Psachim that the Gemara derives from various psukim that one should use a candle. So to preserve the integrity of the original mitzvah, I will make a bracha. I use a candle just for a very short period of time and I'll walk into a you know corner with the candle, but then I will... Uh, put the candle out and I take a flashlight. That's just the way I do it, but you, you're free to use a candle the entire time as well. Uh, so therefore, obviously we can't do Bedikas Chometz on Friday night and, uh, and the Bedikas Chometz then would be uh, on, on, Thursday, on Thursday night, even though it's not the night before Pesach, it's actually two nights before Pesach. Now, just um, this has nothing to do in particular with uh, Erev Pesach that falls out on Shabbos, but it's true of every year when you search for the chametz, one should not part, uh, start uh, a malacha work activity a half hour before this man of the Vedika because you might become engrossed in that activity and, uh, and, uh, uh, and forget to do the Vedika. So one should not undertake something major 
uh, uh, work in the house, etc. One should be free to be able to do the Vedikas Chametz on time. If you did start an, a major activity pr uh, prior to a half hour uh, in advance of this man of the Vedika, so then um, you can continue, but you need to stop at the time of the Vedika. Okay. Um, now, um, um, if even if a person wants to learn, has a Seder in learning, one should preferably not begin learning uh, just prior to the time of the Vedikas Chametz unless a person will um, designate a person to remind him or set up an alarm clock or something that will remind you to break away from your learning and to do the Vedikas. That's just a halacha that applies every year to Vedikas Chametz. Another halacha I'll just share with you is, is that uh, you make a bracha, I'll be your chametz. The bracha is recited and before you start searching, and you should not interrupt with speech by talking about anything other than the badika itself um, uh, uh, until the badika is over. So anything that has to do with um, the badika, if you want to ask somebody else, one of your children, you know, did you check that bedroom? Did you look underneath that bed? That's fine, but you shouldn't ask anyone, you know, did you see the weather report for tomorrow? That has nothing to do with the Bidikas Chometz, and, uh, and that's the way. Now, now let's say you um, appoint members of your family to help you with the Bidika. So let's say the father will have the three or four children. They do not make the bracha. The only one that makes the bracha will be uh, the head of the household, and then he sends everybody out on their way. Um, the halacha is, though, that if a person is not going to be home to do the vidika, he's just not going to be there, he may appoint a shliach, uh, a, a, an agent, um, to, a proxy uh, to do the vidika for him, and that proxy would be able to make a bracha. Again, this is just regular uh, halachas that apply to every year of vidika's chametz. Now, after we make the vidika, uh, there is a mitzvah that's called bitl. Bitl means to nullify your chametz. And the nullification of the chametz also comes straight out of the Gemara. It was part of my Shabbos Haggadah Drasha uh, uh, yesterday. And uh, the text of the beer chametz, of the bitl chametz, is in the, um, it's in the Haggadah or it's in a Siddur. And it's, it's uh, written in Aramaic. Most of us do not know Aramaic, uh, except maybe students of uh, Talmud who know Aramaic. But for those who do not know Aramaic, you could say it in English. In fact, it would be preferable to say it in English so you'll know what you're talking about because a nullification is not just a statement, but it really reflects your intent that you, your intent is, is that any comments that you may have unknown to you you are totally nullifying it, and it is valueless to you, and you want it. You have you want no part in that chametz. Um, so that is made right after the bedikas chametz. Okay. Now, usually, and every other year, that paragraph with the with a minor um, uh, change is recited also at the time that you burn your chametz the next morning. Now, the burning of the chametz will be done. Uh, Friday morning at the same time that it's usually done on a typical year. Now, the reason why I emphasize that is because one should one must dispose of the chametz by a certain time in the day. Uh, we we have, if you could see this, I don't know if you're if you could see what I'm picking up. We sent this email out uh, with the various uh, important dates and times for Pesach, 
And it says here that the burning of the chametz on Friday morning must preferably should be done by 1154. And no later than 1206. There will be a bonfire on the parking lot of the um, Torah Prep Girls School that will start at 10 o'clock and it'll go for an hour and a half. And, the, the, and usually it has to be done by then because after that time on Erev Pesach, one is not allowed to be in possession of chametz. However, this year, the truth of the matter is that time when you're no longer allowed to be in possession of chametz is not Friday, it's actually Shabbos, right? But since every year, the destruction of the chametz, the burning of the chametz is done at this certain time, at the end of the fifth hour, uh, of, the, uh, of the of the day, th that time would be, as I said again, uh, preferably by uh, um, uh, by eleven fifty two. So, in order that you shouldn't come to get confused and with other years, let's say if this year you'd be burning the chametz at four o'clock in the afternoon, so the following year you may say, "Hey, we're going to burn the chametz at four in the afternoon this year, like we did last year." But next year it's not going to work if you do it that late because you already are in violation of being in possession of chametz, and therefore they kept it equally uh, at the same time as every year in order that one should not come uh, to make any kind of mistake um, in, in, in subsequent years. So the chametz will be, now if you, if you, um, if you, uh, you um, can't get to, uh, or for whatever reason, you don't want to utilize the services of the, of the Torah prep, uh, so you could burn it uh, on your grill. You could burn it on your grill um, and, uh, and you've got a fire on your grill. The only thing I would say is that your grill is probably fleshic because, you know, you, um, you, you, for the most part, you know, and maybe some people don't eat meat and they only eat fish. That's one thing. But if, you're, if your grill does have um, uh, fleshic grates on it, so and you burn your chametz, you don't want to burn any milchika chametz. So if you have leftover, let's say, uh, Entenmann's donuts, you don't want to put that on your fleshika grill to burn that. The difference between this year's burning and every other year is that every other year, once you put that chametz into the fire, it's, you're burning it at the time, the prescribed time of burning chametz, that chametz has to turn into ash. You have to totally, totally have it burnt and destroyed. However, this year, when you're burning the chametz, uh, it is before the actual zman, the time of, of prohibition, which is the next day. So therefore, you do not have to totally burn it into ash as long as it gets good and charred, charred to the point that it's not edible anymore. That is good enough. But I, I, I think I'm just telling you something academic because I don't think any of you are going to start taking out the food from the fire um, you know, once we, uh, you know, once, uh, uh, once it becomes charred, but I'm just telling you that for the, uh, for the halacha, uh, aspect of that. Okay. So now, <clears throat> now usually after you destroy the chametz, you make the bittel, you nullify it again in, uh, you know, in the next day. This year, you, we do not make the Bittal Chametz. You do not recite the paragraph of Kol Chamira at the time that you burn the Chametz. You, you're going to do it the next day on Shabbos, actually. And it might be a little tricky because you're going to have to remember to do that. And the latest time that you could do that again um, here in St. Louis, preferably it should be done by 
11.52. So you might want to write yourself a note um, to that. It, and uh, Lois and Charles, I'm looking at you on my screen. The fact 11.52 in it's St. Louis, I know at heart you're still St. Louisans, but you're halacha, you're still going to have to follow the time charts of Chicago. So we'll let you look it up over there. Um, but that's what it is over here. Um, and then uh, try to, you know, make some kind of reminder to make that bittel uh, at that time. Moving along, uh, the, um, the Mechiras Chametz, the sale of the Chametz, the rabbis get together and we sell the Chametz to a non-Jew. That also presents unique um, challenges this year um, without getting into the whole rabbinic literature of how it's done differently this year than it usually is. Um, but suffice it to say, we will conduct the sale uh, the same time in the morning as we normally do. Again, not to distinguish this from any every other year. And uh, what we will do uh, is we will specify to the non-Jew that you are purchasing all the chametz uh, and accept anything that someone wants to still utilize the next day. If you still want to eat chametz Shabbos morning, Friday night and Shabbos morning, uh, don't feel that you're stealing from the guy because our sale will stipulate that the chametz that you're eating will not be uh, that he will give us permission to eat any of the chametz that we wish. So that is, uh, there's a, all kinds of machinations involved in uh, in the sale of the chametz this year that's a little bit different than every other year with these stipulations, but uh, every aspect of this year is uh, seems to be different. Um, one, uh, there are minhagim, but we don't do malacha on Erev Pesach. Uh, one would not uh, do certain things, but that does not apply this year um, din, I should say, according to the halacha, one is allowed to do any work on Erev Shabbos. There are those that are machmir, but uh, the halacha is you are allowed to do whatever you need to do, uh, whether it means going to work, whether it means um, uh, whatever the case may be, haircuts and, 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 and so on and so forth. Uh, there are no restrictions on Friday because Friday this year is not Erev Pesach. Um, the halachas of kashering kalim, we already uh, talked about in the Shabbos Haggad al-Drasha. Um, the Vada'ir made that available today. Hagolas kalim, if a person did not kasher their kalim, so usually on Erev Pesach, if you didn't kasher your kalim by that fifth hour, by that 11.52 point, you don't kasher it anymore. However, if a person wakes up and says, hey, I didn't kasher this important vessel that I need, and it's, a fr it's Friday afternoon at three o'clock, you could still kasher it. Again, because technically speaking, the chametz is not prohibited until Shabbos. So the thing that prohibits you or is a... a, 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 a a, a problem with koshering is once chametz may not be eaten, so then the restrictions are one may not kosher it anymore. But since you are allowed to eat chametz even on Friday night and early Shabbos morning, there would be no problem with koshering any vessels that you might have forgotten about and you just woke up uh, woke up on Friday afternoon. So it's a it's a funny day. There are certain things that that mimic every era Pesach, but in certain ways there are leniencies. Um, now, this is also important. Um, there are a number of things that one should prepare and remember this because usually you prepare certain things for the Seder, Erev Pesach. For example, you make the charosas. 
and you make the salt water and you roast the shank bone and you roast the egg and you check your romaine lettuce for bugs and all of that is done Erev Pesach. However, this year, those things may not be done on Erev Pesach because it's Shabbos. In some cases that entails a strict prohibition from the Torah of cooking. Of course, on Shabbos, you're not allowed to cook eggs and roast eggs and roast shank bones. And, but even making salt water, there are, are all kinds of uh, prohibitions that are involved in preparing these various foods for the Seder, even aside from that which you are not allowed to prepare things from Shabbos to the next day. So the things that you should do on Friday, not on Shabbos, and this is, um, God, the women should write this down. It's very important. The shank bun should be roasted before Shabbos. The egg should be prepared before Shabbos. Lettuce or romaine lettuce should be checked before Shabbos. Harosa should be ground or chopped before Shabbos. Salt water should be prepared before Shabbos. Um, I don't know if you grind your own horseradish like your bubbies used to do, um, but that also is not done on Shabbos. You have to do that Arab Shabbos. Um, and 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 this and Sfarim say that one should even set up the seder plate on Friday, and the reason is that you don't want to start preparing all of these things at the night of the seder. You want to be ready that when the when you're when the when the husband comes home from shul, you're ready to start, and you're not sitting in the kitchen and sorting out the various. You know, you don't want to get your Lennox seder plate out and start with all of that. Um, uh, now, I just want to say one thing. I said Lennox uh, Seder played in jest, but the truth of the matter is, is that you need to look into a Haggadah and the Haggadah will tell you how to arrange the various foods on the Seder plate. Uh, there are two basic customs and you look in the Haggadah, whatever your custom is, that's fine. There's not a, but don't rely on Lennox China to tell you how to set your, set your Seder plate. They are not following the Arizal. They're not following the Gra. I can tell you that Lennox China probably doesn't even have a Jew that's working in the department that makes the Seder plates. So don't just follow what it says there, even though it says Zeroa and it says Beitza, but you know, follow from the Haggadah in order that you can have a halachically correct Seder plate. Um, there's certain things that um, you want to take care of before Yamta, before uh, you're used to doing it the day before the Seder, but now you have to think about it in advance, like opening up various wine, the seals on wine bottles and opening up the various bottles that we don't open up on Shabbos and Yamta because of the concerns of making a Kli. Again, anything that you would typically do on Erev, um, on Erev uh, uh, Pesach, do that this year on Erev Shabbos. Uh, the, the newspaper, the Ated Ne'eman, uh, uh, this week's edition, uh, my wife pointed out to me that they have on page 62 of the Ated Ne'eman, they have a step-by-step -step check checklist for Erev Pesach that occurs on Shabbos. For the most part, it's something that I, uh, I think it's very easy to follow. It's a newspaper, but what I'm going to try to do, I took a picture of it on my phone. I'm going to see if I can just maybe send it out, see if it comes out clear, um, and then send it out via email to the uh, our email list if it works or if the, whoever takes care of our computer work will know how to blow this up. And it would be something that uh, once you get that, I think it'd be a nice thing to look at. Um, now, it goes into certain things that I don't think 
many of you are going to be doing. It talks about the baking of matzahs or the or in the din of, of taking challah, things that we really don't do ourselves in our kitchen. But uh, these are the things that the halacha speaks about. Um, I think we're ready at this point to uh, talk about the most important, uh, or I should say the most uh, compelling uh, aspect of Erepeshach that falls out on Shabbos. And that is how do we go about taking care of our Shabbos meals? And we know that the mitzvah is that a Jew is supposed to have uh, three meals on Shabbos, one meal on Friday night, one meal Shabbos earlier in the day, and then Shalashudas. According to many, Shalashudas should be eaten, um, should be eaten uh, in the afternoon, okay? It should be eaten in the afternoon. So now the meals of Shabbos must contain lechem, bread, now, this, this is a challenge, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, you, what are you going to use for your lecha mishnah? Now, we don't eat, of course, we're not going to eat the shmur matzah. Um, well, for sure, during the day meals, one is not allowed to eat matzah. That the halacha is that one is not allowed to eat uh, regular matzah, the kind of matzah with which you could fulfill the mitzvah, one is not allowed to eat that any time during the day. So now we've got an issue. What are you going to eat for your lecha mishnah, for your bread portion of the meal? So there are two basic um, uh, options that you have, and you will choose the one that works for your family, the size of your family, the dynamics of your family, and each one of these are acceptable. And let me go through each one very clearly. Let it be clearly understood that everyone that um, is listening to this Zoom, I'm sure, understands and is planning that all of the food, but for the bread or the challah, but all of the food that you're going to eat is going to be Pesach Dika food for the simple reason is that you're going to be using Pesach utensils to cook your food. You're obviously not gonna cook chametz and Pesach utensils because then you make your utensils Pesach chametz, a chametz stick. And what are you gonna do? Are you gonna cook chametz in a regular chametz pot? Then how are you gonna clean your chametz stick a pot on Shabbos before Yantav? What are you gonna do with a, a crock pot that you've made sholent in that's chametz stick? How are you gonna clean that? You can't clean that in the Pesach and the Pesach sing. You're going to run cold water over it in a bathroom and a bathtub. I mean, this is highly impractical, highly impractical. So the way that just about everybody that I know, what they do is you eat a Pesach Dika meal. Uh, so even though Pesach is eight days, but this year Pesach for all intensive purposes will be nine days. And for those of you whose wives or mothers are very um, aggressive and plan their Pesach in advance, some of you are already ha already experiencing a Pesach Dika kitchen. Uh, and my condolences to all of you men who have to scrounge around to find something to eat over the course of this week. Uh, but I applaud the women who are very fastidious and because of the Nashim Tzitkanias are righteous women, that's why we left Mitzrayim in the first place. If they would have left it to us in the way we do mitzvahs, the males, 
I think we'd still be in Mitzrayim. So thank you, women, and we will just deal with it the best we can. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. Okay. So now we're talking about Shabbos meal. The Shabbos meal will be cooked in all Pesach Kalim. Your cholent will not have beans in it. It'll be a regular meat and potatoes or quinoa if you use that. It'll be virtually indistinguishable from any of your Pesach meals and all of the vessels that you use will be Pesach. What you probably want to do is also, you wanna use paper plates and, uh, and cutlery and, and things like that because that's what the meal will, be, will consist of. But let's talk about the challah. What, what are you gonna do about that? So one option is that you could eat challah Friday night and Shabbos morning, and we'll leave Shabbos morning aside for just a moment. But let's talk about if you're going to eat that challah, that challah is going to make crumbs. And then you can have challah left over. What are you going to do with that challah that's left over? You can't burn it. It's going to be hard to dispose of. The, the ideal way would be to use little rolls like bulkelach or whatever, whatever is available. And one way of doing it is to, to make hamotzi, and again, make hamotzi and eat that little roll over a large napkin, eat the entire bread portion of the meal up front, any crumbs that are left in that napkin, you, use this, you wrap up and you flush it down the toilet. And once you're done with the, with the challah portion of the meal, then you go ahead and serve all of the other food. You don't want any crumbs around for two reasons. Number one, you don't want any crumbs to, to, get, in, to get on your table and to find its way into your Pesach Tikka food, because that'll cause a big problem. If you have even the crumbs that get into Pesach food is a problem. Also, you just don't want crumbs around the house. And even though I did explain last week to my class that we're not concerned about little crumbs, but if you're going to have so many people eating challah, it could add up and be more sizable amount. So again, if you are going to eat challah, the way to do it is to eat a bulka, a little kiddish roll, eat it over a eat it very carefully over a napkin, and then eat all the challah you're going to eat. Don't let it continue into the meal because you'll lose track of it. After you finish, then you just wipe. I would just wipe yourself off over the, a plastic tablecloth or, or maybe go outside onto your deck or front yard and, and just wipe yourself off. You've, you're, you're crummy and you got to get rid of those crumbs. So that is one way to do that. Now, you would do that Friday night. And you would do that Shabbos morning, but with the following proviso. You need to get in two meals, Shabbos. You got to get in Shalashudas as well. And Shalashudas, really, one should wash. Unless one cannot handle washing again, then one can eat fruits and fulfill the mitzvah Shalashudas. So one way to do it is we're going to be davening very early Shabbos morning, like at 7 o'clock. And that will give you time to go home and to start your meal early. Now, the way to get two meals in, and you've got to get those meals in before you want to get the, I should say, the chametz portion has to be concluded by 
preferably by 10.38. The chametz portion of that meal needs to be concluded, the bread portion by 10.38, preferably, but absolutely no later than 11.02. Again, that comes from the sheet that we emailed you. And therefore, you need to get two meals in. You would make kiddush and wash. You would eat that roll, eat one dish with it, let's say gefilte fish or salad or chopped liver, whatever you would have for an appetizer Shabbos morning, eat that together with your first little roll. And then that's your first meal. Then you bench, you bench. And then you take a little walk outside you wait about 20 minutes minimum, and then you go back again, and you wash again, and you make another hamotzi. The reason I say that you need to wait 20 minutes and then take a little walk is because one is not allowed to make an, an unnecessary bracha. So since you already washed and ate bread, and then you're benching, and then you're washing again, it seems like it would be unnecessary to have done that. So you want to make a clear break between the first meal and the second meal, We'll call that second meal the Shalashudas. There is a discussion in the postkim. Some postkim consider the, the first meal, the main meal, that you should eat your cholent in the first meal and only maybe the second meal eat an appetizer. But I think the consensus of many postkim is in order to accommodate the uh, need, we will just wash again as, as soon as you can when you come home from shul. You will eat the challah portion with with an appetizer and you will finish that bread portion and you will flush it down the crumbs down the toilet in that little napkin. And then you will take a 20 minute break, preferably you walk down the block, you'll come back and then you'll wash again, eat the bread portion and the bread portion again, you'll throw away the napkin in the, uh, you flush it down the toilet and all that should be done by 1038, no later than 1102. You should, at that point, you should probably rinse your mouth out. I would suggest a dry toothbrush because we don't brush our teeth with wet toothbrushes on Shabbos. You want to make sure that your mouth is clean of, from chametz because one's not allowed to eat chametz. So try to work with that the way you do every era of Pesach. And then if you want to continue the meal beyond the 1038, once you're not eating chametz, you can eat the cholent and the chicken or whatever you have, eat to your heart's delight and bench whenever you want. That way you have, will have fulfilled the two saudas, the two meals of the day. Now, remember I told you earlier that ideally speaking, one should eat shalashudas in the afternoon, after midday. Therefore, it would, it's, it, 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 you should, it, you're not gonna wanna fast from your morning meal until your seder. So you should have in mind when you're noshing in the afternoon, have some fruit. You should have some fruit or nuts, something of that nature. Uh, and, and that you should say that this will be also just in case the shalashudas needed to be eaten later in the afternoon. So this will count as shalashudas as well. Now, the entire, now I'm gonna to get to the egg matzah option in just a moment. But once I'm thinking about this, I just wanna say that during the entire Erev Pesach, one may not eat any, any food that has matzah meal baked in it. So one is not allowed to eat matzah meal cookies or Mandelbrot or any one of the matzah meal products that you might be tempted to eat 
with a with a cup of tea, you should not. You're not allowed to eat that on erev Pesach. The only thing one is allowed to eat on erev Pesach is matzah meal that was cooked. For example, matzah balls, kenedalach, as they are called in Yiddish. So these matzah balls may be eaten until the 10th hour of the day, which falls out in St. Louis at 5.15 in the afternoon. So if you do have matzah, kosher, and we're talking about kosher Pesach, everything is kosher Pesach, kosher Pesach matzah balls, and you want to eat that in the afternoon, and they, you have a way of keeping them hot, and they're still tasty and delicious, you may eat that in the afternoon, but you must uh, finish eating those matzah balls or any other a matzah meal product that is cooked. Again, we're talking about kosher for, pe- for Passover matzah, but it is a cooked product. I can't think of anything right now other than matzah balls, but that would be the idea, but you must finish it by 5.15 Shabbos afternoon. So I think- Yes. Someone in the chat asked if the toothbrush used to clean out your teeth needs to be disposed of. It doesn't have to be disposed of. You could just kind of ruffle it through with your thumb or something. You know, you, you don't have to dispose of it. No. Okay, thank you. Now, oh, I see. I, I haven't been looking at the. Uh... I'm keeping. I'm keeping an eye on it for the rose. Okay, I hello Anton. Call me later uh, because about the sale of the chametz. Uh, uh, does it make a difference if you take a walk then wait 20 minutes? No, it does not make a difference. You could walk and wait 20 minutes or wait wait 20 minutes to walk. Some postcodes don't even talk about the walk. Some do talk about the walk. I just prefer that, you know, you make a clear break, walk down the block. The order does not make a difference. Uh, okay, I see now. I see the chat. Okay. Um, now, now, let's talk about the egg matzah. Now, egg matzah is a very, very interesting subject. It is a very interesting subject that is discussed in the Talmud. And there are many of the major commentators in the Gemara, the Taisvis, the Rambah, all the Rishonim talk of everyone is involved in this explanation of the Gemara. What is egg matzah? Egg matzah, may peros, means fruit juice. And the, is may peros does not... Um, turn into chametz, but there's a question, what does that mean? Uh, some say it's may peros, but if you add any water, then it is a problem. Uh, so if we have apple juice matzahs, the bottom line is without uh, trying to give a sheer on it right now on this Zoom, let me just cut to the chase again. Uh, Friday Jews uh, follow the Shulchan Aruch that say that egg matzah may be eaten on Pesach. But for the most part, we Ashkenazi Jews, we, the Ramah says, our minig is that we do not eat egg matzah on Pesach, except for people who are either elderly people who must have it, or people who are ill. The ill and infirmed, they may eat egg matzah, but healthy people may not, may not, Ashkenazi healthy people may not eat egg matzah on Pesach, Okay. When does one have to stop eating egg matzah Erev Pesach? That is also subject of a huge machlokas, okay? We will follow the opinion, the major opinion as expressed by Ramosha Feinstein that one should stop eating egg matzah the same time you have to stop eating chametz on Erev Pesach, okay? But egg matzah is something which is not as stringent 
as regular chametz in that chametz, you're not allowed to be in possession of it. So any crumbs that might have fallen from the, your bulka that you were eating could freak you out. You got all this chametz around. However, matzah, egg matzah, the possession of egg matzah is not prohibited, right? As we said, you can have egg matzah in your cupboard and if someone turns ill, they have to have egg matzah, they can eat it or they find it difficult to eat other matzah. So egg matzah is only admitted we don't eat it, but one could be in possession of it. Therefore, we do not, we Ashkenazi Jews, we, we don't consider egg matzah as like regular challah. However, however, egg matzah is considered like other Mazonos products known as Pasa Babakisnen, and and um, and and the pasababakisna means that if you make a meal eating non-bread wheat products or any one of the grain products that are non-bread, okay, if you use it and eat it as bread, then you do bench. Then it rises to the level and the status of bread, and therefore. If you've ever, if you remember when they used to give out airline meals, or they still do if you fly overseas, they give these rolls that they call them Mizonos rolls because it's made with fruit juice. Well, that's a misnomer because those, those Mizonos rolls, you're eating them as a bread substitute. You're eating them at the meal as you would regular bread. So if you're on an airline, uh, on, on an airplane, and they serve you these meals, if you are going to eat the Mizonos rolls as part of the meal, you would have to wash and bench, okay? Um, I, what I do is I, uh, if, I, if I don't have my own food, I'll just eat the meal. And then later on afterwards, I'll pick at the Mizonos roll, but I won't eat it as part of the meal. Uh, so I shouldn't have this question about washing and benching. So egg matzah, if you're eating it as a bread substitute to take the place of your Lecha Mishnah, so that would also work. And this was discussed round, uh, roundly by Rabbi Moshe Feinstein back in the 1950s. He wrote this responsa to the late Rabbi Simcha Elberg, the uh, editor of the Hapardes Torah Journal. And it became very, very uh, famous, this tshuva um, uh, from Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. And he talks about the permissibility of, of eating egg matzah instead of your challah rolls at that, uh, 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 at the uh, at your meal now, but I I just want to point out something. Now, if you are, you you, as you see, if you just eat the egg matzah with no other side dishes, you're just going to make uh, make kiddush and eat egg matzah. I don't think you're going to want to do that because then you have to eat quite a bit. You need to eat the equivalent of what we call three baitsim. Uh, and that comes out to like three whole egg matzah boards. And that's a lot of matzah. You won't want to do that. However, however, if you um, eat the egg matzah together with, like I said, an appetizer, so then you don't have to eat that much. You have, but you do have to eat a sizable amount. You'd have to eat uh, the, the most lenient opinion that I've seen is three quarters of a egg matzah. Some say you need to eat a whole egg matzah. It sounds like a lot, but, um, but that's what you'd have to do in order to eat the egg matzah. So you'll ask me the question, you'll say, 
well, why would we want to do egg matzah? The answer is it will be less nerve wracking if you have quite a few kids around, if you have a large family and young children and you won't be able to control where they're gonna go with the bread that you give them, that is a problem. So, because you're nervous about the crumbs. So getting back before, I should have said this earlier, what some people will do when they eat the hamotzi, the rolls, getting back to the challah, they will make they make kiddish, they will wash and eat their rolls on their deck or on their patio, not in their living dining room at all, to keep all crumbs out of the house. And then any crumbs you'll flush down the toilet, but then everything is on the deck. So if there's any crumbs here, you just dash it onto your yard and you're okay. That would even be easier to keep track of and less nerve-wracking to eat your challah portion on the deck. On the, on the porch, on the patio, whatever you have, and then come back inside and to continue to eat your meal regular. Now, now, but if you have a lot of little kids running around and you don't think you can keep track of all of that, you might do better, your nerves might do better with egg matzah because egg matzah in the worst case scenario and what's gonna happen there is that you'll have Crumbs of egg matzah, but eggs of crumb, uh, uh, crumbs of egg matzah do not constitute, um, is not uh, uh, chametz that you're not allowed to have in your possession. So it's a much cleaner way of doing things. Again, not all poskim are as happy with egg matzah as bread, but again, many poskim are, and I think it's a great solution for people who are having quite a few people, can I know her as we are, most of our kids are gonna be with us at some point or the other. And I'm just thinking about, can I know her, all the grandchildren running around and it's impossible to monitor what they have in their hands and what they're gonna put on the counter and so on and so forth. So you're protected if you eat egg matzah Friday night and you eat egg matzah Shabbos morning for those two meals, the two meals, the first meal you'll eat egg matzah and you want to make sure to eat one or two side dishes, let's say gefilte fish and salad. So the egg matzah is supplementing the meal. So you won't have to eat three whole egg matzahs. You can get by with a three quarters of a matzah or perhaps a, a whole matzah if you can. And then you'll bench, you'll take a walk, you'll wait 20 minutes and then you'll eat again the egg matzah. If it's just you and, if you and your spouse and you know, you'd rather have the challah and you, you know, you're not concerned about a widespread of hummus, so go ahead and just do the bulkalach on your napkin and you dispose of it. But if, you're, if your family kananahara is large and you just are too nervous, you spend too much time cleaning the house to have all kinds of crumbs all over the place, that my suggestion would, to, would be to eat egg matzah. I was on a conference call with Rabbi First, the, uh, the, the, the head dying of Agudis uh, of, uh, Yisrael of the Midwest. And Rabbi First uh, wanted to tell everybody that he himself this year, he himself is eating egg matzah. And I just think that he said that in order to make the other Rabbanim a little bit more comfortable, that it is an acceptable choice. And so let me just look, let me, uh, give me a minute. I'm just looking at some of the comments here. Uh, gluten-free matzah, that I'll have to deal with. I'm not going to deal with it on this uh, call. Uh, Yehuda, we could talk about that if you have gluten-free matzah. Um, what about wearing Invisalign plates? On, oh, okay, that's a good. I'm not sure what that is. 
I'm not sure what that is, so we'd have to deal with that separately. If you eat challah on the deck, do you need to be able to see the deck for the dining room where you bench? That's a great question. Um, I think as long as you have in mind that you're going to eat, it's like, let's say you wash at home and you have in mind Friday night that you're going to eat Sheva Bracha's dessert at someone else's house, then you could do that and bench there. So the same thing would apply over here. Even if you can't see your house from the deck, as long as when you wash, you have in mind that you're going to eat on the deck, then come back inside. Um, but uh, uh, the, the, the question has been asked, where do you bench licht? You still should bench now. Now, I would say this. I would say this. Don't put your licht that you bench lift, your candelabra, on your table because what you're going to have to do is take your plastic tablecloth and wrap it up and dispose of it. You're not going to be able to pull your plastic tablecloth from underneath your candelabra and your candelabra, your leichters are muktza. So just think about that. So typically on Shabbos, you've got your tablecloth, but you're not changing your tablecloth. But this Friday night, since you, if you do choose to eat uh, chametz on that table, you know, your bread on that table, then you're going to want to wrap up that whole throwaway uh, tablecloth. And then if you're, if you're, if you're, if your leichters is sitting on there, then you've got a problem because it is muktza. Um, now, trash pickup. Someone asked me to talk about trash pickup. Now, this year, um, those who live in uh, my district of University City, our trash pickup is on Friday. So that works out great because sometime on Friday, they're going to pick up all of our chametz. Um, but what about those of you who have chametz that are left because your trash was picked up on Wednesday or Thursday? What are you going to do with all the trash? Or, this is really a question that you have every year on Pesach. Um, to that end, I have arranged with University City that there is a dumpster on 975 Pennsylvania that is intended for excess trash. So if you want to just drive down a little bag of your hummus that you have left over, uh, you can go ahead and just dispose of it. However, if you are left with some hummus, okay, uh, the best you could do is put it in your, your, you know, your, your, your dumpster, your garbage dumpster, roll it out to the curb and just say, I hereby denounce all ownership in that comments. So again, it, it's better that it shouldn't be on your premises at all. And if you are going to eat bread, don't prepare more bread than you're going to eat at the meal. Just have a bulka and make sure to eat that up. And then the crumbs will go in the toilet. Don't prepare more than you have to. But if you have, but if you do have comments left over that wasn't picked up yet, Again, if it's still Friday, I would take it down to the dump on Pennsylvania Avenue. The dumpster should be there uh, for sure by then. Although I ordered it from today and I was told it wasn't put out there yet. Uh, there's your tax dollars at work your, uh, for you city. They're not there yet, but hopefully it'll be there tomorrow. Um, but in the worst case, if you do have comments that's left over, you put it to, in your dumpster, you wheel your dumpster to the front of your, take it off of your property, put it into the, and uh, even though it says you shouldn't put it there, you won't get ticketed. I, I've never heard anyone that was ticketed for putting their dumpster in front of their house uh, too early. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to start this year either. Um, yeah, you could bench at your table. Yeah. Yeah, because what's going to happen is uh, you're going to wash and you're going to have a kavana. You're going to eat the bread out there and come back and you'll finish the meal in your dining room and you'll bench in your dining room. You don't have to bench on the deck. Um, 
let me just see if I have anything else that I want to share with you. Now, Rabbi, do we treat the? Uh... Let, let me just finish, Michael. Let me just let me just go on to something else, and and, and that is as, as follows. You know that the Havdalah, the Kiddush on at the Seder, uh, I'm sorry, the Kiddush at the Seder uh, contains a Havdalah in it. Whenever you go from Shabbos into Yontif, the Kiddush has a portion of Hamavdal ben Kodesh Kodesh. And what you do is when you make Hamavdal ben Kodesh Kodesh, you also, you you have candles and you make the Barema Areha Eish. Now, I just want to say two things about this Kiddush. Our minog is that women do not make Havdalah unless they really have no other option. Women who live by themselves and don't have anyone to make Kiddush, I'm sorry, Havdalah that is. Women do not make Havdalah by themselves unless they have to, but if otherwise they uh, hear the Havdalah from, uh, from a man. Now, many people have a minig that everyone at the Seder recites their own Kiddush. And in some families, the minig is that the wife also recites her own Kiddush. That's not my personal minig. It wasn't my parents' minig, but I do know that some of you have that minig that the women also make their own Kiddush. Well, the question arises, but wait a second. That Kiddush is not just Kiddush. That's Havdullah also. There's a Havdullah par- uh, 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 insertion. And so are women allowed to make that Kiddush if they're not supposed to be making Havdullah? And the answer is, or if someone's Amin Arbach, others deal with it, and they are allowed to. So if your minig is to make Kiddush, at the Seder, go ahead and make the Kiddush Saturday night, Moshe Shabbos, even though there is a Havdalah segment in there, and that would be fine. Now, as far as making the Barei Mareha Eish, whenever this happens, you'd have to take the two candles because the Barei Mareha Eish has to be on two um, uh, wicks. Uh, there is are some posts that are concerned that if you touch two candles together, you know, the softness to the two candles, one will melt the other, and you've got a problem doing that on Yom Tif. However, Moshe Feinstein was not concerned about that momentary, that momentary putting together of two candles. Other postgum are more concerned about that, and they say, rather than the candles touch each other, just have the two flames touch each other. So I think you'll be able to get to get around that either by actually touching the two candles or you're touching if the flames could be touching together and then you pick up your fingernail and that would be fine. Uh, it does say though, it does say that one should not, let's say your candles are a, a, a distance from your table and then someone's gonna go ahead and take those two candles. Don't leave your place where you're making kiddish to go to look at your fingernails, just stay in your place so at this week, you don't, it's not that Derek has to leave the Kiddush and to go make the Borei Mareha the way you normally would do every Matzah Shabbos. So whoever's putting the candles together at the Leichter, you should let them do that. You just stay in your place, lift up your fingernail, your hands as best you can. And that will be the way you do it this, uh, this year. Michael, you had a question. What is that, please? Sure. Um, with respect to like the crumbs from the egg matzah and, and the leftover egg matzah and that kind of stuff, other than making sure it doesn't get into the kalium and into your kitchen, yeah. there's there's no chametz issue whatsoever there. Right, that's so, what I'm saying. Okay. Right, there's no chametz. Now you okay. do want to sweep up your house, and uh, 
You know, it's like every year, if you have chametz in your house, you sweep it up with a, a broom and then take the broom outside and kind of bang it against your uh, brick wall or something, um, you know, and just to get to dislodge any chametz that might be in your broom because you're going to use that broom. Some people have separate brooms. I'm not saying you have to have that, but you just want to make sure that it is free. Incidentally, uh, you've done a lot of vacuuming before, Yanta, so you want to go ahead and dispose of your vacuum cleaner bag because there could be actual pieces of chametz in there from all the cleaning that you've done prior to um, prior to uh, Pesach. Um, so I think, um, yes, a very good point, uh, David. Uh, someone just pointed out that if the women bench licht, I mean, when, being that when women bench licht, they say a shehechiyanu, so then when they make Kiddush, if they make Kiddush, those who have a custom that women make Kiddush at the Seder, they do not recite the Shehechiyanu. That's an excellent point because they have already recited the Shehechiyanu at the time that they bench lift. So you do not make two Shehechiyanus um, uh, on the same Yantav. So again, if women are making their own Kiddush, they should omit the Shehechiyanu during Kiddush because they made the Shehechiyanu during the candle lighting time. Uh, and um, yes, uh, egg matzah must be eaten uh, by the time that chametz must be eaten. I think, uh, I think, I hope that I've made this clear. Those two options of the egg matzah and the challah, that is the main issue for Arab Shabbos that falls out on, uh, Arab Pesach that falls out on Shabbos. Uh, we've been together for about an hour and that's what I budgeted for this year. Anybody who has any other questions can certainly call me, email me, text me, or use any other medium of communication and I will try to respond. Have a good night, and thank you, Rabbi Berkowitz, again for hosting this. Good night, everyone. Good night, Yashir Koach. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.